0: Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We got the bill butts Getting stupid, feeling proud. We a sing. lot of noise. Turn the music loud. Johnny O'Mara, John hands up for them, real, them real, real ones, them good girls and them bill butts Hands up for them real ones. <laughs>
1: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bill Buds Popcast. I, of course, am your host, JPC, with me, as always. God, I, I shudder to think of a time where he's not with me. Ooh, ooh, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I didn't like that shudder. It's too nice outside to be shuddering like this. Mr. JJO, Johnny O'Mara. Johnny, how the flippin' heck is it going? It's going great.
2: Um, Look... I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it, please. Not not to brag, but I believe I'm impervious to the
1: novel coronavirus. Johnny, this is exactly this is exactly uh, what I said. Um, not <laughs> six days before I got the novel coronavirus. Now, for me, it was a little bit more of a bit because not not to not to blow up anyone's spot, but we were around two people that I'll just say had a strong chance of giving us the novel coronavirus. I'll say we were
2: intimately close. To two people who had a strong chance of giving us the novel coronavirus.
1: We will not name names here, but there was a big chance that we could have developed the novel coronavirus. Now, we took two different measures. Johnny, you (laughs) you isolated, you wore a mask, you you did your best to not catch the novel coronavirus. And I, blatantly shaking my fist in front of God's face saying, smite me, (laughs) smite me, you coward, uh, did none of those things. Uh, and I caught it, and you didn't. So, I mean, yes. what 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 does that say? What does that tell us?
2: Well, and one of us is vaccinated, and one of us isn't. I'll tell you uh, what: the one who isn't vaccinated also didn't get the novel coronavirus.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is—I think this is day six of my uh, sojourn into the novel coronavirus. And I got to say, look, not fun to get. And if, I, if my advice to anyone out there considering whether or not to get the novel coronavirus, I would say. Maybe don't get it now, the reason that I uh, elected elected to get it uh, essentially was because I'm traveling next month and I was like, the one thing I don't want is to get it when I'm traveling. I would rather get it when I'm at my home uh, and so I was it, it more of just a numbers game so i I, uh, I I took it on the chin and i'm 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 on my road to recovering now, but I gotta say the novel coronavirus gets a flop. It gets a flop for me. Uh it's it's we'll we'll see when I get it again and you know whatever 6 to four, 4 to 6 months whenever my whatever immunity wears off but uh for now it's going to be a flop. You're going to have to work a lot harder than that novel coronavirus. Well now I will say that I will give
2: not contracting the novel coronavirus a bop. Okay. Fair it's it been nice. great. And I don't intend to get it ever.
1: I hope I Johnny here's what I truly hope for you. I hope you never get it. Uh I uh I don't think anyone should get it. Honestly, all these all these people out here saying that they should be getting it, I'd say wrong. I'd say no one gets it. I'll t- I'll tell you what. I think Ashley Simpson is better
2: than the novel coronavirus. <laughs> there I said it. Now,
1: Johnny, I do have to say, uh speaking of things that um you have encouraged me to get, uh because Johnny was very insistent that I get the novel coronavirus, you encouraged me I don't even know if this was uh, something that we recorded, but you said you got to try these Lagunitas Hoppy Refreshers. They are Mm -hmm. like hop beverages that are non-alcoholic. And I said, Johnny, that sounds exactly like something that would be right up my alley. I went to Whole Foods. I got some of them. And I got to say, 10 out of 10 stellar recommendation. I fucking love those little hoppy beverages. They're extremely
2: good. Uh, similarly, right now I'm, I'm pounding back a non-alcoholic
1: PBR and it's great. Uh, the other thing that I, that I picked up when I was there is I picked up these like hop refreshers, these like hop tea things, man, I, I haven't had hops. I mean, I've, I, I've been sober for, it's almost a decade, eight years. I can't remember. It's been, it's been a long time. Um, and I used to love me some hops. Uh, I was a big, uh, I was a big IPA guy, um, you know, because I'm annoying. Uh, but I haven't had it in so long that it just—it's—it's it's such a refreshing taste. I, I love me some hops.
2: It is, and I'm really hoping that me recommending that you drink Copy Refresher is the start of um, a real downward spiral for you.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it it pushed me dangerously close to the edge, <laughs> and I thought, you know what, I could let it all fall away. The, you know what, Johnny? It's fu- it's funny because, and I I don't really talk about this much, but it, it is funny how. At this point, eight years in, I have almost no urge to like have a drink or do drugs or I just, it's just the urge. It can be right in front of my face. The urge is just not there. The weirdest, tiniest little things though can like mm. s- put that spark into motion. And the other day, I was, I was uh, just, off my ass with the COVID-19 coronavirus sitting in front of my TV (laughs) watching shit that I would never watch in a million years I I I told Mariah at one point she was like what are you watching and I was like I don't think I'm watching anything I think I'm looking at the TV and I think things are on because it's not it's it's bouncing off of me like I'm fucking Teflon
2: you're like a Grand Theft Auto character sitting in front of your TV
1: but I was exactly. I was watching. I was watching a show called The Lincoln Lawyer, um, which is okay. based off a, a book that is based off a Matthew McConaughey movie or something. It, it's A pretty flimsy uh, uh, premise, but it was pretty bad. And I wasn't really paying close attention to it, but it was just something that was on. And at one point, there was a guy who was drinking wine out of this like one of those like really big wine glasses with a really tall stem and like the big flowery. Oh, whatever. like
2: a like a scandal. Um, Dude,
1: yeah, I've never seen Scott, but I think I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah. I saw him pouring some red wine in that and just kind of sloshing it around. And I thought, man, oh man, that looks appetizing. That looks, <laughs> I, I could wet my whistle on something like that. And then immediately I thought, what am I doing? What am I thinking? What am I thinking? But it was, it was that thing. man. it was that, it was that, it was that weirdly like long stemmed mm. wine glass that really just it turned me on. I,
2: it's obviously very different, but. I don't drink soda when I haven't in a very long time. It's like over a decade.
1: Yeah, no, you go to meetings and everything, you get your fucking chip for the soda yeah. thing too. Yeah, it's it's totally cool. But the the
2: the chip is a tortilla chip. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I totally get what you're saying because yeah. I don't I don't care to drink soda ever. But every now and then I'll be like eating something and I'll be like, Oh man, a nice refreshing Coca Cola would go great with this. <laughs>
1: well i don't really drink soda uh, i i'm not as astringent as with uh, as you like uh like if, if there's like a root beer float at a restaurant i'm like oh i'll have that please um oh no but the the i don't really drink soda anymore but it is that thing where like sometimes you'll see a soda and you'll be like what the f-? like you'll just be interested and it's for me i was in the south i was in georgia and i saw some like georgia varietal of mountain dew that i have never seen before in my life and i thought I don't know, man. Like that could, I could try. I didn't end up doing it, but it was one of those things that it just sparked some interest.
2: I will be honest, this is a, uh, uh, I'll make a confession right now. Anytime that I do go to Epcot at Walt Disney World, I do, I do drink the soda Beverly, um, which is (laughs) a, yes, a vile Italian soda. (laughs)
1: Nothing against Italians. The Italian soda yeah. is what oh, it's, Johnny finds vile. It's
2: despicable
1: people from Italy totally find by Johnny. It's a
2: uh, <laughs> no. It's a soda made by the vile Italians. <laughs> <laughs>
1: A delicious soda. Uh, okay. Well, you know, Johnny, I think I got to call it Audible. We had so many other things to talk about, but we we, we have to. We That's literally fair. contractually have to talk about what we are here to discuss today. And that is a little album from the year 1995 uh, by a band called No Doubt. And that album is called Tragic Kingdom. Johnny, you brought this to the podcast's attention. Uh, the podcast is, I guess it's... <laughs> like the royal we the it's royal like one, po- yeah, yeah the yeah, royal, the royal podcast. podcast you brought this to the podcast attention johnny so answer for your crimes what t- talk to me about no doubt's tragic kingdom for you answer for my wow well i mean i'm saying it like it's the royal we okay where, okay you know, i'm the monarch in charge of you know sentencing it doesn't matter i mean the metaphor got lost
2: um i i've been actually wanting to do this album for a while i i like no doubt a lot um i I like I like ska. I sure. like punk. I like pop punk. Um and this this I mean this has a lot of big songs
1: on it, you know. Oh yeah, I mean um, it's hard to understate how big this album was at this time.
2: And I actually have wanted to do this for a while and I remember this was the first time that I realized sort of how easy it is to get on the Billboard charts. And how many more bands charted than I realized. Uh-huh. Because I think I originally proposed this, like, a year ago for the Patreon, and we looked it up, and it it was very successful. And in my head, yeah. back then, I was assuming, like, only pop music made the, the charts.
1: Well, I don't know, though. I mean, this, it's, first of all, it's the Billboard 200, so... It's a big chart. A it's a big chart. There's a lot of room there. But this song was – there were tracks on this album that were on the radio. Like, I mean, I heard them on the radio when I was a kid because I never had this album. So right. he, hearing them just on the radio, like, there's, there's got to be some correlation with the kind of music that is going to just be on, like, mainstream popular radio and is on these charts, Right, right. Well, I mean, to to your point, Johnny, this was I I believe the uh, album came out in October of '95. It uh, debuted on the charts in uh, later in October uh, of '95. Spent nine weeks at number one and ninety-one weeks on the chart. So a little, almost two years, basically, almost two years on the charts. Um, But yeah, nine weeks at number one too. Like that's. That's still a good amount of time at number one. It was it was pretty popular. Yeah, I, I like I said I never had this album. I I don't I definitely listened to this album, but it wasn't at ninety five. I do remember when I was a kid hearing a lot of these songs, uh, a few of these songs on the radio though, mm-hmm. and some of them were just like so ubiquitous that you couldn't kind of get away from them. Um, I did listen to this album when I got more into Scott in like high school ish. Uh, but I hadn't listened to this album in probably a decade, I want to say, before Same. picking it up for the show.
2: I I had this album in high school for sure. Um, but yeah, I also haven't listened to the whole thing until prepping for this for years and years.
1: I will say though, if you had asked me a couple weeks ago, like no doubt tragic kingdom, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that is that's like a big one. That's a stellar album." Re-listening to the album, I was definitely surprised by what my memory had told me what the album was versus what the album was. Because I'll say, this thing is 59 minutes and 30 seconds, and it is 14 tracks. Now, when I saw that, I was like, I remember some of these songs, I don't remember 14 of them, and I do not remember it being a full hour long. That that shocked me.
2: Absolutely same. Yeah. Same. It, I was like, oh. There there was a moment where I said, what have I
1: done? <laughs> uh, were you aware of also... I, I I'd say that I was aware of one of the big like interpersonal things with No Doubt around this album, but were you aware of like the the kind of trajectory of No Doubt as well? Because I, I'll be honest, I, I kind of wasn't. I was aware of the thing that everyone was aware of, or everyone I'm, I'm you know putting that in quotes of the people that I knew were aware of. Um, but like, which I guess not to quibble is that the the this whole album is basically about a breakup between two members of the band. Yeah,
2: yeah. Which I was, is, I was aware of that.
1: I was aware of that too, and it's it's wild. Um, uh, one thing it's like it's very obvious that "Don't Speak," which is a song on this, is about that breakup. But a lot of these songs are actually about that breakup too, which is which is very interesting. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's always um so fun. Yeah. when a band does that, when a band has a song or songs about their own interpersonal relationships, whether they're romantic or not.
1: And you, you have to, oh, to be a fly on the wall. And then just film the, like, videos of everything as well. We, we, you know, it's just like, yeah, it's it's just very weird. The The other thing that I learned when I was researching this album was, so No Doubt was signed to Interscope Records. And they put out a first record and it only sold, like, 30,000 copies. And, like, Interscope was like, uh, And then they, like, Interscope was trying to be very involved in their second album. And they didn't like that. And it caused, um well, for... <laughs> I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself. The the big thing about No Doubt that I didn't really realize was that Gwen Stefani was not the lead singer. She was Eric Stefani's like little sister who he kind of brought in to do background vocals. Then I think it was like a week before like the No Doubt's like first big show, the lead singer committed suicide. And then they had to like disband, which is fucking wild. And then Eric took over as the lead singer and then... Gwyn took over as the lead singer
2: now i didn 't know any of that, but i did I did know that Eric was like on this album. Uh, which was interesting because I, quite honestly, before researching this, I didn't even know that man existed.
1: So so Eric's, Eric was basically the leader of No Doubt. This is her brother. He was the keyboardist. But with the thing the thing that I brought up with Interscope, like Interscope started fucking with him, trying to take more creative control over it. And Eric basically just stopped coming to practices because he didn't want to fuck around with Interscope. Even the practices were at his house. So Gwen stepped up and became the leader of the band. This album came out in 95. Eric had left the band in 94. So he had worked on a lot of these songs, but they a lot of them had been like reworked, and he was really not affiliated with No Doubt anymore when it got big. What he left the band to do though was to go be an animator on The Simpsons.
2: I did see that, and he did like he did a bunch of stuff. He did like Ren and Stimpy and a bunch of like weird yeah. '90s cartoons and stuff.
1: It's weird to be like. To leave one, like, big cultural thing to go work on some other big cultural thing. Um, But anyway, so Interscope, uh, for this third album, they they were, like, not really... They didn't know what to do with No Doubt, and they were, like, uh, unsure, so they, like, sub- contracted them out to a different label and then tragic kingdom blew up like none other i mean we already talked about how popular it was but it was a huge commercial success and then like interscope tried to like grab them back and that other company sued them and they had like settled out of court for three million dollars it was a very weird thing but just like a just like a very wild thing to have your third album be the one that really blows up
2: yeah What, what was also interesting in researching this which this isn't the album that we're talking about but they're follow-up album to this return of saturn came out in 2000 which is f- five full years five later years, yeah and in my head that i if someone had asked me i would have said i don't know 97 you know yeah. like it's it i I was shocked to find out it was so late I, post the- y2k
1: I, I I'm wondering if part of that was just the because this album had six singles on it, and they just kept for like two years they kept releasing singles for this album. So I'm I think sure they, they probably could have toured
2: for years on this album.
1: Yeah, milked it for as long as they could. Um, and the other fun thing that I realized about this album is they said that the attention and success that this album got prompted a bunch of those big labels like Interscope to go sign a bunch of ska bands. So this album is kind of credited for like the mainstream, a part of the mainstream ska resurgence of the 90s because of how everybody else wanted to have the next tragic kingdom so they could sell, you know, 100 million copies or whatever. Maybe not 100 Hmm. million, but you understand what I'm saying. Just wild wild stuff across the board. Um, Okay, Johnny, are you ready to get into this motherfucker? Let's do it. All right, it's 14 tracks. Like I said, it's almost an hour long. So let's crack into it with track number one. This is Spiderwebs. <laughs> Right, that's a little bit of Spiderweb's uh track one. I mean, the song's fucking great. It's such a strong start to this album as well.
2: Yeah, that's that's exactly what I said. I mean b- b- absolutely incredible. And it's like a a good thesis statement of their whole deal.
1: Yeah, for sure. Do you remember this song um, being on the radio? Because this this was the one that I was like, this was on the radio all the time. Alternative stations played this all the time when I was a kid. I yes,
2: I, I will say I don't think this is the one that I heard the most on the radio, though.
1: I don't think so either. But it was it, it was to huge me, to me. This was the other no doubt song that I would hear on the radio. There there were there were two on this album that I heard on the radio actually, and this was the other one.
2: For me, there were three. Oh, interesting. Big radio
1: songs, yeah.
2: I I again great intro to the album great great fucking song I love her voice so much
1: yeah I, I mean it it really lends itself really well to like the the horns and the ska and the what's the ska dancing called like the skanking skanking of it all like it 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 all just it all just blends together pretty perfectly
2: uh also this song's got some fucking tasty bass licks. Well, Th- oh, I mean album...
1: a lot of the songs on the album do but yeah the now the the bass player is her ex too so every time you're tasting those bass licks there's you know there's some anger there's some mm-hmm. anger there too you know he's trying to get his side of the story in through the yeah through the through the bass
2: yeah. uh, i i also this is a, a fun song to listen to in 2022 because Screening your calls means a totally different thing now And then there's a whole section that's just The chorus is an answering machine Yeah You, You know, outgoing message Which, like, I mean, I guess I I don't fuck with voicemail anymore Like, I have one, but How often do you get a voicemail?
1: Um, I mean, when I get a voicemail, I know exactly what it is. It's your pet's medicine is ready to pick up. Um, it's confirming an appointment with like a, someone that I've you know scheduled an appointment with. Like, I don't get voicemails for for like, like from friends and shit, right? Like they'll. Yeah. they'll could you imagine?
2: You. Can mean Could you imagine if I called you and left a voicemail?
1: I mean, wild. if you called me. It would be a voicemail, first of all, because I'm not going to pick up the phone. I'll never pick the up call. the phone. You'd screen Cause the uh, call. I, I have my phone on silent. So a lot of the times if a phone call happens, unless it's Mariah, who's the only one on my phone that will actually ring, uh, I just don't even see it. I'll well, just man, see that what, I missed a call. What's that
2: ringtone? Is it Imperial March? You
1: know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Better answer this one. That would be your ringtone. It would be the Imperial March for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah. For, I mean, voicemails, I don't know. They're, they, they 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 seem like a bygone thing you know yeah well they weren't even called voicemails then you're right they were answering machine messages yeah uh, but but screening your phone calls was wild too because it was like this is before caller ID like this is before you knew do you it, remember what you would do what do you mean you
2: if you the way that you would screen a call is your phone rings if you're screening for whatever reason you go to your answering machine And you listen while they start leaving their message. And if it's someone you want to talk to, then you pick up your phone.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you wait until someone starts leaving an answering machine message and they're like, hey, it's Jeff. I was just calling because I wanted to catch you. I guess you're not in. And then you pick up the phone and go, oh, hey, Jeff. Yeah, sorry. I was in the shower. My hair and feet are all wet. Uh, And that was was the way that you would do it. (laughs) My middle is perfectly dry. I just
2: form a little uh, C-shape. Dip the tops and bottoms in. Because you didn't
1: know. Because your phone would just ring and you had no idea who was going to be on the other. There was no way for a number to put. You couldn't say, oh, this is my dad's ring. Like, no, you had no fucking idea. You just had to wait. Yeah. Wild times. Wild times. Spider-Web, fucking great song. Absolutely. Absolutely incredible song. Um, Okay, let's go to track two. This is Excuse Me, Mister. All right, that is a little bit of excuse me, Mister. I I I remembered when I was listening to this part of the song, Johnny, that I forgot to talk about the video from the last song. Did you watch oh, yeah, the video yeah. for this album, or are the videos for this album? Yeah, we we've talked about it before that, but that that fish eye, walleye, whatever lens thing that so was always good. on the floor looking up. I mean, I I don't think anything. I don't think anything ages as poorly as that thing. No. It's it just incredible. looks like fucking dog shit. And everybody
2: loved it. We that reminds me, we got a new dresser for our guest room. Oh, recently. great. Because
1: you have been dressing like shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, and this person's finally gonna help me. Oh my god. Get my shit together. But we were cleaning out the old dresser, and in it we found this um thing that clips onto your phone. We got we got these in China. Uh they clip, it's like a a chip clip almost clips onto your phone. Okay. But it is a little lens and it turns your phone camera into a fisheye lens.
1: No. Oh. Yeah. You've been taking some pictures? Huh? Oh yeah. Having some fun? Oh yeah. I was <sighs> skateboarding all around the house. Just as pissed. <laughs> Uh yeah, this video, this video also I think has a really fun uh, little part in it where she's like, uh, old timey damsel in distress tied to the train tracks, and that's very fun. And then you also have another shot later on where she's wearing those like white and black striped like <sighs> arm sleeve things that are so just so of the era, uh, ver- very very fun. But I don't know. I mean, all these videos, in my opinion, are bad. Like they're they're not like. I at first I was like, "Oh, interesting." But the more of them I watched, I was like, "Oh, these aren't really fun."
2: Right? They're they're all kind of the same thing yeah. where it's just them. But but that's a, mostly what videos I think broadly is kind of what music videos were and still yeah. are where it's yeah. just like, "Okay, this
1: is just a thing." I was kind of concerned for her posture in all of these videos because they had her doing shit that didn't look fun or interesting or like comfortable. She was like hunched over in every one of these because they had like the camera on the ground. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, ah, just and, and and the dancing is weird. Like it's it's not just ska weird. It's like she's like doing a lot of thrusting in one of the videos. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, what what's what is this?
2: Maybe she was standing perfectly straight, but the fisheye was just making it look like she was hunched. Christ,
1: I hope so. Because if she had to spend a whole day in those video shoots standing the way she looked like she was standing, I, my back was hurting for her. Like on her <laughs> behalf, my back was aching with sympathy.
2: This is a good song, though.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I love Excuse Me, Mister. I mean, it's it, it is exactly what you want from like a g- group like No Doubt. A group that is that whose front woman is Gwen Stefani, who is like kind of calling out the patriarchy in this kind of like um, I don't know, like a sardonic way, a little bit, like yeah. like she's she's like, oh, excuse me, Mister. You know, it's it's very yeah. I don't know. It's it's it is it's a very cool thing to have when you're a you know woman led ska group from the mid nineties.
2: Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, this song also just has like a cool, weird kind, kind of like silly energy. Yeah, just like musically. Um, I I think she does a lot of cool, weird stuff with her voice in this song too. Yeah, she's like, really she's really going for it. Yeah, yeah, which is super fun. Um, and then the the bridge
1: of this song is great. It's great. I also think that in an album that's fourteen tracks, sixty minutes, this one's just over three minutes, and it's like this is the right length for almost all of their songs to be. And it's it, this one works pretty well for me because it is correct. Like it's the right way to do some of these songs that are not correct.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what. Spiderwebs is a great song. It's four and a half minutes long. Yeah, that's rough.
1: It, I I didn't even realize it was that long until I was listening to it, and I was like, oh, it yep, yeah, it goes on and. Hey, the one thing that I will say, though, is there are some songs in this album that are even longer and are not as good as Spiderwebs. So it's like, yep, yep, yeah, yep, 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 yep. at this stage, Spiderwebs' length didn't bother me, but the length of the songs will, uh, is beginning to be an issue uh, later on. Let's listen, Johnny, right now to track three. This is a song called Just a Girl. <laughs> That is a little bit of "Just a Girl." Uh, this was actually the first single of the album uh, as well. So, you know, it's track three, first single. Um, track one, webs is the second single. So, three, you know, uh, first three songs, first two singles. Uh, this one fucking destroys. I mean, this is this is an excellent song.
2: Yeah, I mean uh, the the only thing, the only note I wrote is iconic song, and the the, I, the intro is great too. Just like. Fucking kicks off.
1: The, the, this song whips ass. The the post chorus guitar riff as well is fucking fantastic. Uh, I, it's it's a really really strong song. And again, the subject matter is like, oh, I'm just a little little girl. Like I I can't take care of myself. You know, mm-hmm. look at me. I, I need a man to help me out. And it's like cheeky. And I, I think uh Gwen Stefani said that she wrote it because like she, her dad was giving her a ride home for or a ride to like band practice like late at night one time and he was like it's pretty late to be going out and doing this and she was like I'm 26 years old like what the fuck are you talking about uh so yeah it's it, it is kind of you know it's it's a little got that fuck the patriarchy um energy to it my my only thing is that spiderwebs excuse me mr and just a girl are like great songs it's it's front loading this. It's front loading this album with a lot of the strong stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. excuse me, Mister and Just a Girl kind of have the same vibe as far as like content of the songs. So I thought it was an interesting choice to put those like back to back on the album.
2: Yeah, she probably should have had like a man come in and kind of help her rearrange the songs. So I, I agree with what you're saying. I,
1: I, I, did. Yeah, I definitely think, I definitely think some, you know, r man with his uh, tie and his slick back hair should have gotten involved and uh, maybe changed that order up a little bit. Uh,
2: no, I, th- I think you're right. I think you're right.
1: Uh, cool. Just made me feel bad about being right, I guess. Interesting. <laughs>
2: um, and I, I, I think, excuse me, mister is great. This is a better. There's a better version of that song. Not, th- excuse me, Mister isn't good, yeah, but agree. subject matter wise, anyway, the I the agree. sound is extremely different. But
1: yeah, uh, well, well, then let's move on, Johnny, because uh, we have got a lot of tracks to get to. So let's l- listen to track four. This is a song called "Happy Now." This is the sixth single on the album. A little bit of happy now. Yeah. All right, Johnny. What, what are your thoughts on Happy Now?
2: Um, I like this the song. It's th- this one isn't that long, but it feels long. Yeah. Um, I do. I like the "Are you happy?" at the end of the chorus, uh, and I like the whispering at the end. But overall, it's a fine song that that feels too long.
1: I don't know. For, for for this one, I mean, this is a single too. This is the sixth single. I, I think it was only ever released as a single in like Norway though, but it was still technically a single, but it's like, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like it has like a very catchy melody or chorus. I feel like bo- both of those aren't, it feels a little underbaked to me, mm-hmm. um, which normally wouldn't bother me, but the album is very front loaded. Like I said, with, you know, the three great songs at the beginning and then I'm like, this you know, the album's fourteen minutes, and it's or fourteen minutes, fourteen tracks and sixteen minutes. So it's like it kind of feels like this is maybe a little bit of a filler song. And I'm mm-hmm. like, at that point, why do you even have the filler song on the album? you know, uh because you don't need you obviously don't need to fill. How much of that do you think was
2: the label, and how much of it do you think was them?
1: I don't know. I mean, that's that is so hard to tell yeah. with any of this because. I'm sure that the label had something to do with all of that but yeah, I don't know. The, the The other thing with Happy Now is like as, as far as subject matter is concerned like Don't Speak and Happy Now are kind of similar mm-hmm. vibes and I'm like you know I, unlike Excuse Me Mr. and Just a Girl I like both of the songs I think Keep Them Both I think that there's a clear winner between Don't Speak and Happy Now. And I, I you know, I just, mm-hmm. that, that's that's just the way. I do like the post-bridge guitar stuff. I I, I feel like they're, the guitar in this album is pretty strong uh, yeah. on average. So there's something to like in this one, but it just, it wasn't a standout to me.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: All right, well, uh, a different note. Let's talk about track five. Uh, not a single. This is Different People.
0: And she, two different people with two separate lives. All
1: right, that is a little bit of different people. I I I think I'm also just always a little bit more on board for the ska songs. Yeah, yeah, like the and this is this one's definitely got like ska little reggae vibes as well. The
2: bass on this song to me sounds first of all very tasty. It also sounds like a Sonic song. This could be in a Sonic the Hedgehog game.
1: Yeah, I feel like anytime that bass goes at this tempo, you're like, oh, this feels like Sonic. Got to go fast. Yeah, you got (laughs) to go fast.
2: This one again was it's four and a half minutes. It's too long. Um, And. the, the subject matter for
1: me was a Let's little Let's talk about like, it. Let's talk about the subject matter, Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, like, uh, saccharine. Here's what this song feels like for me. This feels like smoking Weed in 7th Grade, because, like, the things that we're discovering in this song is like, whoa, people are different, and the world is freaking big, man. Isn't that wild? And it's like... I don't know. Yeah, but like, what else about that? Like, you got to tell me like one more thing about that because the other—that's well, just like a base level observation.
2: Maybe two more things, because just one more thing and you get that Lady
1: Gaga song. I honestly, but like th- that's <laughs> that's where these songs fall short. And I'm not, you know, this is this is a song from 27 years ago, so whatever. But it, it I needed it to go a little deeper because here's the thing about um pop me i think i wrote this down for a different track on this album but i'll go ahead and give this note now it is okay to write a song about nothing but if you're going to write about a song about nothing don't make it about something because this this feels very much like a message song but there's no message to it which you don't need to do like just write a song if this song was about like hanging out and smoking weed cool that's i'd love to listen to that song but don't make it something that it's not. And th- this felt like one of those attempts at doing mm-hmm. something that was like big, but it it didn't land.
2: Or honestly, you could keep f- f- fucking half of the s- shit in this song, keep the name, keep half the lyrics, but make each verse about some different person. there's there's Kent and he's always skateboarding and there's
1: yeah, that's the literally. okay, great. I wrote down because I was like, I think Sublime even has a song where they do kind of that. But it's like, if you yeah, would Johnny tell Butt. me, he if you would tell me that people are different, tell me how they're different. Like, you don't have to be like, like look at this Asian guy and like look at this like black woman. You don't have to do that. But like, just describe some people to me. Like, let me know who these people are that are so different and why that matters. You know, Deb
2: surfs, Clark
1: skateboards.
2: But they're all still eating at the same hamburger
1: shack. Like, whatever. Smells like Loodog inside the van. Oh, yeah? Like, give me something. Dude. Uh, Yeah. I just didn't give me enough. There was not enough here. It was real nice out,
2: like, over the weekend. Hell, yeah. You know I had all the windows of my car rolled down. Sunroof open. listening to Sublime.
1: Ooh, that sounds perfect. You know what I was doing this weekend? Isolating. (laughs) Isolating. Like, a good responsible citizen of the world
2: here's the thing the best part about not having the novel coronavirus is you can listen to as much sublime as you want
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right johnny let's talk about track six uh this is the i think this is the fucking seventh single for the album this is a a track called hey you Is a little bit of "Hey You," Johnny. Thoughts on "Hey You"?
2: This song has an interesting sound. It, it, well, first of all, there's sitar in it. Yeah, um, but tam- it, it,
1: tambourine there, tambourine as yeah. well. Yeah,
2: it has a very like, and this was kind of a thing at the time, like a '60s sort of throwbacky, like yep. Beatlesy vibe. Yep, um, which which was fully a thing in music at the time. Um, also the the, the I get the subject matter, but the way it's presented kind of bummed me out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause instead of, uh, instead of being like, which I think the the message of the song is like, you don't have to fit in these boxes. You can kind of, you know, your life can be whatever you want. It doesn't have to be this thing that you've always heard, but instead it's kind of like, you might have to settle. Cause like, <laughs> y- you know, you're never going to get that perfect thing you were promised
1: yeah like the 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 vibe that i was getting was like I, I don't maybe not maybe not bitter but but i mean here's the thing this album is written like or i'm sorry this album was a lot of it was written pre-breakup and then the breakup It was rewritten and altered a lot of the album. Not sure if that happened with this. So there is a tinge of like bitterness to this album, which is fine because it's a breakup album. That is kind of what you want in that kind of context. But this feels like this song feels like a little like I don't know like too jaded or whatever. Yeah. But but I feel like it it starts to it started especially in this song to like actually kind of hurt the message that it was. Trying yeah. to get across maybe a little. I don't know. I the the other thing I wrote down about this track is I kinda thought it was filler as well. Like it it it's not super catchy and it 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 felt like um yeah, I don't know. It just it just kind of felt like uh, easier to miss.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: All right, well let's talk about track seven, Johnny. This is a little track, little track. I shouldn't have said that. This is the longest one on the album, six minutes, thirty-six seconds. This is called The Climb. I'm not I like I like these keyboards. The keyboards right here, I like.
2: Yeah, that's another that's another Z sound.
1: Yeah, it um, it kind of it kind of sounds like like a old carnival. Yeah, uh, yeah, like this player piano type of thing. Yeah,
2: this song did have a kind of carnival-y vibe. It's
1: also got a little tinge of like doo wop to it, especially in her like vocal effect at times.
2: This song actually reminded me a lot of Aerosmith.
1: Why? Because it was seven minutes long. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Aerosmith is like the, their best songs are their ballads, and this is yeah. I can see that. I, I get I get that. I get that. Um,
2: this song is criminally long. Yeah, criminal. Cri- absolute it's six and a half minutes. Like what in the? And it's like we said it over and over. If your last track is longer, go with God. That's fine. Right in the fo- smack in the middle of the album. What? in the actual fucking world are you doing?
1: I mean, I feel a little bit different from you, Johnny, because I do not mind a six-minute and 36-second song. I do not mind a long-ass song. Put it wherever you want in your album, but my God, why make it boring? Like, you've got to, like, give me something. Like, this song is about a, a metaphorical climb, but it is so general and so, like, blanketly applied, and there's no specifics to it, that the metaphor for the climb is almost completely lost to the point where I'm like, is this just about an actual climb? Like, is this a literal climb? I felt like I was literally, like, slowly climbing, you know, uh, whatever th- this summit that I'm climbing is. If, is a lot.
2: If you want to hear a better version of a song called The Climb, why don't you go over to Miley Cyrus's discography?
1: Oh, okay. There, no, no, now we're speaking. Now we're speaking. <laughs> yeah I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know what this one was doing on this album i I could not T- get Taking it. up fucking space that's what taking up a lot of space uh but i, I um, imagine you cut you
2: cut g- just this song the the like the overall like g- oh yeah, g- goodness of this album like this this song
1: yeah you're your're thirteen tracks you're closer to fifty minutes you're it's still criminally long, but yeah, I mean the, the other thing is I just couldn't imagine. Like, are they ever were they ever excited to play the climb? Like, is this a fun live song? Like, it seems too slow. Like every video that I watched in this album, their energy is so ska, like it's yeah. so up and bopping around and shit. And this song, I don't know, man. I, well, if I'm I, wrong, someone let me know that I'm wrong. But the, the climb, I could not do. It was not for me.
2: Here's the thing. We'll get to it, but they have a a slow song on here. That's an incredible song. That has some like emotion in it whereas this was just like yeah the song the
1: more like the drag i know it's like the grind like what what what, what, were they getting paid by the minute did did they have a deal with their like record label like the what was the 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 author that used to get paid by the word like dickens dickens thank you um it feels like yeah it feels like something went wrong with the climb and I don't, I don't know I can't help you uh well let's let's listen to track eight instead of uh, talking about the climb for one minute longer uh this is a track uh track eight and it's called 16. so best opportunity album a, been it's two. it's half Album should have been two tracks longer and they should have done 16 at 16 but <laughs> I will I'll give them a pass uh this is 16.. That is a little bit of 16. Um, yeah, man, I like how this one was a little more raw. It starts off with that, like, one, two, like that screaming count. Uh, the
2: uh, uh, My note here, especially coming after the climb, like, I was like, now we're fucking talking. Like, this is, yeah, this is it. This it's is hi-
1: it. It's high energy. The guitars and the chorus are fucking Fantastic. Uh, her, her vocal style on these melodies is also like really, really fun. Like it it almost feels like you can tell which songs on this album they she is excited to sing and which songs yeah. on this album she's not excited to sing. I don't know. Maybe that's reading too much into it. Um, the interlude to this one is really, really fun. It's got a yeah. little guitar solo that's really fun. Like, I, yeah, I mean, she. I think she was like 24 or 25 at the time of this album. Maybe feels old to be writing a song about being 16, but – who look knows? at look at like Blink One Eighty Two. That's man. so true. I mean, I but I feel the same way about that. Well, it's like, yeah,
2: but a it, was, lot of these, it was a thing.
1: It was totally a thing. It's like a lot of punk pop is like men in their like early thirties singing like, "If I could just have one more beer with you in the high school parking lot," and it's like, <laughs> "Come on, man!" Like you're, <laughs> yeah, I that which makes me appreciate when a punk song is like be about being like twenty eight, and I'm like, "Thank God," because. You are. You are 28. Mm-hmm. Like, sing a fucking song about that. Like, let's hear what punk music for 28 year olds sounds like. Uh, yeah, anyway.
2: And, and the thing about this song is that, kind of like what we were talking about, the lyric, there's nothing like groundbreaking about this song,
1: but it's just fucking fun. So, who cares? It's exactly what I want from like a 95 ska punk yep. album. Like this. this. This this is the type of song that I am looking for. I am not picking up this No Doubt album to be like, man, I hope the climb is on here. Like, yeah. no, it is. This this is a track that is not filler, and in a, I don't know, in a different version of this album, is just like another fucking jam. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right, well, let's uh, talk about a song. This is track nine. This is Sunday morning. I think this is the fifth single.
0: You're trying my
1: the organ in this song yeah the, the organ in this song is really fun uh th- this Johnny this is another one that I definitely heard on the radio mm-hmm. but not as mu- I mean it's the fifth yep. single obviously but but yeah this was another one that I did, I recognized for sure
2: yeah this is this is another great one I love the the whoa in the in the post yeah. chorus this is this is just another like this is a solid song, and this this one's fun because it kind of bleeds in from the last one.
1: I do like that. I like how the drums like do, 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 mm-hmm. do, do like bleed in from sixteen. It was very very fun, and,
2: and yeah, it's just like this is what I this is what I want from No Doubt. This is just a good time.
1: I, it's another song about uh, Tony Canal Canal mm-hmm. Canal whatever the, the the guy that broke up with her into uh, their seven year relationship. I guess during the making of this album, kind of, um, but. It, you know, it, it's like I think that honestly, you know, for, for this album specifically, it seems like the songs that are about Tony are the strong songs on the album. Right. Mm-hmm. It seems like those are the ones that like she She was even saying like she was sick of writing songs about the relationship. But she was like, it's the only thing that I'm fucking thinking about. So I have yeah. to if I'm writing songs, they're going to be about that. And I'm like, yeah, go for it. Like fucking channel that in.
2: Do you think she wa- would like walk into the studio and be like, here's another one, slam it in front of him?
1: Uh, I do. I think that would be very, very funny. Uh, I, I also saw there was like an interview um, later on. I think it was like a, maybe like a, a decade later or five years later where they were talking about this song. And uh, Tony was saying that this was one of his favorites on the album. And the interviewer was like, yeah, but you're like pretty mean to Tony in it. And she was like, well, like, I th- I don't think I'm ever like actually mean to him. In it. And she's like, uh, you do call him a parasite in the bridge. And then Gwyn Stefani just laughed and she was like, oh, I, I forgot about that. <laughs> I do think it's very funny to be like, I'm not very mean. It's like you called the guy a parasite and then he had to play bass for that song.
2: <laughs> but the thing is, his flicks are so goddamn tasty.
1: Did you watch the videos for these as well? I did. The, the video for this one was very interesting because it's kind of partly just them playing in the garage and then, then making a big spaghetti dinner together. And but, eating it. Out, eating spaghetti like outside is weird. I, I guess that's some, maybe something that California people do is they just eat spaghetti sure, outside. Sure. That's, cal- that's a California spaghetti. It was nice to see them as a band all kind of like cooking yeah. together in their little galley kitchen. But I, I got to be honest, the, so much of this is just her and Tony interacting and- me, I'm like, what is going on here? Like, they ended a seven-year relationship together, and it sounded like maybe not exactly on great terms. Like, at least she was kind of surprised by it. Uh,
2: uh, I I don't know. that. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't even imagine. I truly could not even imagine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've... I've seen like you know people date on improv teams before and then break up and it's some of the fucking worst like uh, like most awkward shit that I've ever had to witness. So to and see that's them, improv, have, not one of the biggest bands in the world, exactly. But it seems like they're like sharing the stage together with kind of like aplomb and grace, and it does seem like they're both being very like mature, mature about it. I don't they're, know. They're it's just like
2: co-parenting the band.
1: I guess so. it's it's it is very wild I obviously, like you know time passes and wounds heal, and you know, no doubt went through different iterations and they got back together, and they seem fine now, and you know, Gzofoni's married now. I don't know if if tony is is married now, but but just at the time, like at the time, it was a very weird re- it's it feels very awkward seven years it's not uh, seven years is like so long. Dude, seven years is a very long time, especially because she's 26 or 25 or whatever. Like, that's like a third of your life. Seven, 14, 21. Yeah, mm. yeah third, fourth, whatever. It's it's a little, it's a big chunk a good of chunk in life. Yeah, it's a good chunk. It's a good chunk. Well, Johnny, speaking of good chunks, uh, let's listen to track 10. This is a song called Don't Speak. a little bit of Don't Speak. Um, this this is one of these songs, Danny, that I wouldn't even... Like, if you were to ask me what are some of the songs that you know all the words to, I wouldn't say Don't Speak by No Doubt, but as soon as it starts playing, it's like, oh, I know all the words. Yep, know every single word of this song, because I've sang them. I've mm-hmm. sang them, I've sang them, and I've meant it. Like, you know, it's like... <laughs> This is this is one of those hairbrush songs, right? Like this. Is, yes. This is I feel like a very a very, this song makes you want to just kind of scream with Gwen Stefani, especially when you get into like the the back half of the song when she's just belting it out. Yeah, <sighs> fan fan fucking tastic song. It,
2: a absolutely iconic song. Incredible breakup song. Incredible to be singing it right in front of the dude.
1: Well, he's re- laying down those tasty licks. He's playing the song with you, and the song and, and the song is called "Don't Speak," which he's a bassist. He's not supposed to, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's that extra layer of it is wild. It's like if if Olivia Rodrigo had had a like just one track on that breakup album that she put out, which was just the dude like doing like a like one verse on that track. It's like, why is he here? <laughs> he shouldn't be here for this. He should be away.
2: But also, it's very clear that she was also in the studio that day.
1: Yes. Very clear. Like, they're du- a duet between them. It's like, what is a duet between these two doing on this album? Uh th-
2: This is a good, slower tempo... Yes. ...song. Yeah. They can do it. And they, they absolutely fucking destroy this song.
1: God, and I mean, th- so... Earlier in the album, we had these songs that are like The the Climb or whatever, the very general songs that are about nothing. This song is super personal, and the lyrics on this song are fucking beautiful. The verse three in this is, I mean, it's maybe my favorite verse in the entire album because it's like eight words, Mm -hmm. but it's you and me, I can see us dying, are we? And then it hits right, it swells right into the chorus, and it's just like, Fuck me, man! Like that's fucking that's powerful because it means something. It matters what she's saying there. It's so fucking good, and
2: it's it's so good because it is so specific. Yeah, but it's also the most universal thing
1: of all time. It truly is. It, I mean, it's like I mean this is this is a breakup in your bones song, and it's. That's why at the end, like, when she's just fucking belting it, it's so good. And, dude, the the, the, the Hush, Hush, Darling, like, outro, rent-free. Rent-free right mm-hmm. in my mind forever. I fucking love that. The the don't tell me because
2: it hurts, man. Don't tell me because it hurts. It's out of control. Fucking uh,
1: out of control. So uh, I think this is my favorite on the album. I mean, this is maybe probably my favorite No Doubt song of all time. And it's it's a no-brainer because it was just everywhere. I'd be interested to see what, like, some younger people who maybe didn't grow up mm. with this on the radio think about this song. Um, but th- this was interesting, too, because this song has, like, a deeper lore. Because it was written uh, – G- Gwen Stefani and her brother have co-writing credits on it. It was written as a upbeat – a more upbeat love song by her brother – then Gwen and Tony's breakup happened, and she, like, rewrote the song to be about the breakup and, like, made it sad. And they talk about how, like, there's this, like, j- kind of jazzy upbeat version of this song that never came to be because of what, wild. It, what it ended up as. That is so fucking wild. Um, Did you watch the video for this, too? Uh, Yeah. Video is weird, too, because it's, like, they're like, what's the video about? It's about, like... Tony and a poisoned fruit, and like he's poisoning the band against her. And like they're all kind of like looking at her weird. And she's, I'm like, what is going on? Why are we, why is this the video? Is this what happened? This is why did he you agree to do it? Why is he still here? <laughs> he's, he looks like the fucking worst guy. Like, why did he agree to look like the bad guy here? Like, I don't know, man. It's just, this video left me with so many questions. Just a wild, wild video. Yeah. Yeah. But what I did... loved it. It was very, very fun. Uh, lots of like long lingering looks it's just it's just interesting uh let's talk about um uh track 11 um this is this is a track that uh, not many people know uh rob schneider's character from the water boy uh, also has a writing credit on this song uh this is so- <laughs> called you could do it okay look people who watched the water boy will definitely get that reference johnny it wasn't for you, motherfucker. It was for what the you Rob th- Schneider out there.
2: What are you talking about? It wasn't for me. Where do you think they filmed <laughs> the water boy? That's true. That's right. Speck Martin Stadium in Deland, Florida, <laughs> home of
1: the marching bulldogs. Yeah. Deland, Florida, one of the worst places in, w- in the world. Uh, I'll quote me on that. This is You Can Do It. This is track 11. I love that, mm-hmm. yeah, this you can do it. you can do it is is great, like there's this song a lot rules. Of love here yeah it, it's, it's it's like disco you know it, it,
2: and it just I mean, out of nowhere, but in the best way, it's like, oh, yeah. hello,
1: yeah. it's so different from the rest of the album that it's it's so refreshing. it's fun. It's like a really, really, really fun song. I also wrote down, it was like, this almost feels like it could have been like a Spice Girls song. Yeah. It it just feels like, you know, very of the moment, like very 95, but not necessarily like no doubt 95. Like it- Especially
2: yeah. the hoo hoo hoo. That feels very Spice Girls.
1: That that felt like uh uh. What's the the ooh ooh ooh. It's all been done. Like is that bare naked ladies? That's bare naked ladies. Yeah, it felt like very bare naked ladies there t- too as well. It just it, it didn't. I, I loved it. I I really did like this song. Well, it was too long and it had a fade out. But there was a lot to like about this song. I I agree. Uh,
2: I mean, I think blanket. Basically, every song on this album could be cut by at least one minute.
1: Yeah. But this is this, this is a good one. Well, do you think that this song? My read on "You Can Do It" was it was kind of like a song that she wrote to herself post breakup, like you can get back out there, like you're not going to have to be sad forever. You can do it, type of thing. It, I, I don't know if you had another read that. on it, but that that was the read that I got.
2: Honestly, to me, th- this I've I've created a backstory for this song that, that simply doesn't exist. Love that, but this feels like the kind of song that they would play, like, just kind of fucking around, like, in between other stuff where it's, like, you know, probably, like, someone just comes in with, like, the disco drums, and then, you know, they kind of improvise it, and they're like, oh, that's really fun. Do we want to just, like, make that a song? That's that's what this feels like to me.
1: If their writing process is what their videos look like, and they're just, like, kind of jumping up and down, like, very excited Mm -hmm. to do a song, then that makes perfect sense. Uh, Johnny, let's listen to track 12. This is a track called World Go Round. That is a little bit of world go round. This is a, this is another one that kind of says nothing, but it's ostensibly about saying something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't need them. I didn't need them. And it's it's harsh to judge something from twenty seven years ago written by children uh, <laughs> this way. But I didn't need this song.
2: This one I think was better than different people. Um, I again fucking tasty licks.
1: Yeah, I, the. the the lyrics are my main quibble with this one. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. the licks are not at issue. Uh, it's a little long, like they all are. But yeah, uh,
2: and I—I I don't the lyrics. I don't care about, but I like the way the chorus sounds.
1: Yeah, I, 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 you're not going to win me over. I'm not going. Oh, sure, keep, sure. I'm, I'm not, not trying keep to bash in this thing. Uh, but but yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that yeah I, I was when I was listening to this song, I was thinking about um a band we've covered on the patreon before and they're they're a band that i, I like uh, quite a bit hop along when they are writing like hop along songs a lot of the times they're like not about anything big or like significant, but they feel very important uh to Francis Quinlan when they're writing these songs and singing these songs and I'm like that That is the type of like, I just want something to be important to you when I hear the song. Yeah. And when someone sings a song, it's like, got to make the world go around. I'm like, is that important to you? Like in more than just like the grandiose sense that it's important to all of us, that everybody gets along. I don't know. It just, it, it feels like kind of put on to mm-hmm. me in a, in, a, in a way that is hard for me to enjoy. Yeah, I agree. You know? Uh Johnny, speaking of criminal, we we got to talk about this because this is track 13, a song called End It On This. Johnny, is this the last song of the album? No, of course not. Of course it is not. It is called End It On This. Let's listen to a little bit of track 13. That is a little bit of ended on this. I liked ended on this.
2: It's a good song, but they should be in jail because it's not the last song.
1: It, it I, I'm, I'm giving a little bit of a spoiler of my opinion of the last song, which is the title track of the album, but would have been perfectly happy if they had ended on this. I think ended on this is a great place to end this album. I think if anything, this album suffers from a little confusion as to what it is. And mm-hmm. I think maybe partially that is because it was written pre-breakup and then a little bit rewritten, but this is a breakup album. The best songs on these sort of like these breakup songs. Yep, and I yep, think yep. ended on this is like, this is how you end your breakup album with this song. And it's so weird that it is not that,
2: you know, uh, I agree completely. This is a good song. And I, I have a lot to say about the last song.
1: I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just I want it stated, noted here for the record that I liked it it on this, and I think it would have been a good last track. And now we I can agree. get into we can get into it, Johnny. Let's. Uh, I mean, this. I I got uh, it's track fourteen. This is a song called Tragic Kingdom. <laughs> All right, Johnny, let me tell you what I'm going to do. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to shut my fucking mouth, and I'm going to listen, because I know I'm out of my depth. This is not a song for me. This is a song for Disney adults, which is why it's a song for you, Johnny. And so I'm here to learn. Yeah. I'm here hey. tell—this t- is your gospel. <laughs> Preach to me. I'm
2: an absolute certified Disney pervert. This is— no pun intended, the goofiest fucking thing to write a song about. Yep. This is unreal. Because here's here's the thing. I didn't listen to the lyrics of this song ever until we did this for the show. Sure. I thought Tragic Kingdom was a cool name for an album. Of course it is. It actually is. That's, yeah, that's true. And then when I read about the subject matter of this song, it made me so mad. It made me so mad. Because... He, I'm here to i would rather i'd rather listen to different people i'd rather listen to a song about nothing than a song so passionately written about something that couldn't matter less
1: it, here's my theory on this song johnny this is song was written by eric stefani before he left the group my guess is that he wrote the song as a prank and he was like fuck this band fuck no doubt Here's a song about how Disneyland isn't good anymore and now it's going to go on the album and they're like oh do we need I guess we put it on because you know Eric really liked that song or whatever <sighs> I I can't I
2: can't I can't be- I can't believe His parting gift to the band was a weird fucking Disneyland prog rock song.
1: Here's the thing, Johnny. You're a freaking weirdo, and I don't get what you Disney adults are all about. I think you're weird people. I think you're bad people. I think we should all be rounded up and shot to the moon. uh, Nothing –
2: no no need to send us to the moon. Just shoot us. There's nothing I would like more than to be shot in the fucking head.
1: I – I say shot to the moon because, uh, you know, I'm just covering my bases legally, but we all know uh, what it is that I'm talking about. But the Disney adults are a fascinating and weird uh, people to me. I don't get it. I've been to Disneyland once. I was like, okay, this is too expensive Um, and I didn't have any kids. I think maybe it's a fine place for kids, but not really little kids because it's like hot and they're out all day and it seems like a fucking nightmare. Anyway, this is a very weird song for a person in their mid-20s to write. You're in your mid-twenties and you're writing a song about how Disneyland isn't good anymore? What's going on? Maybe the
2: reason it's not good anymore is because you're not a child. And this is coming from someone who genuinely loves Disney
1: World. Yeah, this is just a song out of time and space. I don't think it ages well. I don't know if it was good when it came out.
2: I no. 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 At the very end of the song, does he do a little Star Wars riff? He does do a little Star Wars at the end. Did Disney own Star Wars at that point? Disney did not own Star Wars at the time. That's interesting. They they did have a partnership with Star Wars. Okay,
1: gotcha, gotcha. So a little little bit of a a crossover, a tie and a brand synergy at that point. If
2: I'm going to say one nice thing about the song, I I like a, a, a last track that has kind of building chaos at the end. Yeah. It's not worth it's not worth the the climb as it were to get to to no. the to the top of the Matterhorn. Uh this song's bad.
1: Tragic Kingdom is a good name for an album though. It's an
2: incredible name for an album.
1: Uh but yeah, the story was like this guy's like 7th grade teacher used to call Disneyland the Tragic Kingdom and that's why it's it's called that. But it's like yeah, man, it's a bad song, it's a weird song, it's it's weird that the album's named after a bad song on it. It's weird that the song is last and not ended on this. Just a lot of very confusing things going on near the end of this album that I just didn't understand and I don't think I ever will. I'm like mad that this song is on the album. Well, Johnny, that's the album. We, t- we listened to it, all 14 tracks, 60 minutes of it. That's the whole fucking album. So we, we, got, it, we got to give it uh, uh, the old... The old Bill Bud's task now sits in front of us. We have to recommend this album to people, and we have to place it in our top 100 albums of all time. If you're comfortable with it, I, I will. I will go first. Sure, please. Here's the thing. This, it's, you cannot really understate how influential this album was on ska as a music genre, right? Like it, it really did put a lot of ska to mainstream. It really got it. Made record labels want to buy up bands and give them contracts to make ska music, so it's big. It's big for ska, right? It's an important cultural like milestone for 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 ska, which is a genre of music that I or the very much enjoy of the ska community. I wouldn't count myself a member of the ska community, but I do enjoy I do enjoy the music. I will. I'm comfortable saying that on the record. You're a you're a skali. I'm a little bit of a skeptic, uh, skeptic with ska or something like mm, that. It doesn't matter. I'm a liar. Sure, we could do this all day. But at this, and, and I think that this song, has, this album has great fucking songs on it. Some really great songs on it. But here's what I will say: I cannot in good conscience recommend this album to you because it's got too many skips for me. But this album's got great stuff on it. So there's like some tracks on this album that I'm like, "Man, you got to listen to like a best of no doubt and you have to listen." Just if you just listen to the singles, you'll be fine. There's fucking seven of them. But this album is not it's not it did not do it for me and I I can't put it on my top 100 because there was just too much filler even though it's got a lot of killer. It's not going on my list uh and I wish it well. Johnny, what are your what are your thoughts? Like I, I had really
2: similar thoughts. I I was, I was real excited to listen to this. I picked it because I do like No Doubt a lot. I haven't listened to this album, yep. In a in a long time, I was like, this is gonna be great. I can't fucking wait. Um, and then I listened to it, and the songs that are good are, I mean, genuinely some of the best songs that we've listened to for this show. Like, yeah. Good songs, I, I, absolutely unreal songs. The songs that are bad, uh, I think that I think that the track "Tragic Kingdom" ap- approaches my Vietnam territory.
1: I, Johnny, I'll be honest. I listened to it once and then I never listened to it again. As soon as I got to it, as soon as it ended on this started, I didn't need to revisit "Tragic Kingdom." It was it was that much of a skip for me.
2: As far as should you listen to the album? Interesting. You you should definitely listen to the good songs. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, the probably not. I think probably probably pick up. Uh, they they actually very famously had in like two thousand one or two thousand two a best of album.
1: Yeah, I uh, I'd say oh, the best the- of is probably a, a, a safe bet for you.
2: The singles 92 to 2003. Listen to that. Uh, I mean, yeah, you just,
1: yeah, if you only listen to the singles, you might miss like a song like 16, but you're not really missing that much. Uh, but yeah, I I just,
2: yeah. If you're if the other other non single song that I would say you should listen to is you can do it, just a fun time.
1: You could have easily cut six. Five or six tracks from this album. You if you cut easily, cut you could have easily cut four. I think you could have cut five. Different people,
2: World Go Round, Tragic Kingdom, and the climb. The climb.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, then this album's what, it, what's, out of control. What, what's funny, Johnny, is before I had listened to this album for the show, just off of memory. If you were like, no doubts, Tragic Kingdom, I would have been like, oh yeah, on my top one hundred for sure. Same. Absolutely same. Yeah, but but listening to it's a different story. So Johnny, what do you think? Are you, is it gonna is it gonna go somewhere in your top one hundred or what? What's your call on this? Probably like twenty eight. Um, okay, twenty eight <laughs> is taken by uh, it looks like Avril Lavigne's little sister did an album that you really
0: enjoyed. <laughs>
1: Um No,
2: no, it's not gonna go on my top one hundred. There's yeah, two. There's yeah, yeah. It, yeah, which which I was I was Weird. ready to put this on there for sure. Me too. I was as well. Yeah, um, but no, and I right, listen to the singles,
1: listen to the singles for sure, and uh, go to Disney. <sighs> Don't do that. Speaking of singles, hey, if you got a single buck and you want to give it to the show, we would love to have it. Patreon.com dot slash Billbuds Pod. Hey, for only a dollar, you get uh, uh bonus episodes in our off weeks, and there's a lot of fun stuff like that. Hop along uh, uh, album that I mentioned in in our Patreon. You got to check it out, and I, I, now oh. I even hesitate saying and putting it on the recording that we're getting close to Garth Bowl territory. When was the last time you checked? I, it's been it's been a week, probably. I've I've been sick with the Corona nineteen COVID virus. What are we're, we at? Do you want me to tell you how, at how time of recording? Go ahead and say it. We're um,
2: <laughs> we're seventeen patrons away from eating Garth Bowls. So, which means wait, I've got to go to. West Elm or whatever the fuck to get those
1: Trisha Yearwood yeah, you plates. Yeah, to pick them up. Yeah, $60, <laughs> those $15 plates. Now, for people who don't know what that means, 17 away from eating these Garth Bowls, what that means is Johnny and I, we did an episode on Garth Brooks a long time ago and we found that his wife, Trisha Yearwood, makes a breakfast entree for him named <laughs> the Garth Bowl and it's one of the most disgusting things that we've ever heard of. And we said if we get to 500 patrons, we will make Garth Bowls. We will stream us making Garth Bowls and we will stream us eating the Garth Bowls. We encourage you, if you're gonna be watching that, to make the garth bulls along with us and to go through the uh, go through the torture uh, with us as well.
2: Now, yeah, we do want we this is going to be um a jonestown situation where
1: <laughs> we all eat garth bulls and jonestown of garth bulls fucking keel over and die. Now, we since This has been a pie in the sky thing. We're actually getting very close to it. So if you are listening to this show and you're not a member of the Patreon, please consider signing up just so we can get this because we're going to stream this. We're going to record this. We're going to put this out probably on like YouTube or whatever. So everyone can, uh, can see it with us. And logistically, we'll have to figure that out in 17 more patrons. So uh, please, please do, please do uh, join the Patreon. And it's also just a nice way to support the show. It shows us that you care and we love making the show and we would love for you to hear those extra episodes. Johnny, is there anything else that you have to plug?
2: Uh I don't have anything to plug. I am happy to say that I, I have uh thankfully met my deductible this year. So nice. I I'm good to go on the Garth Bowls. So they can they can
1: they can do whatever they want to me because I hit my deductible. It's all free now, baby. And I've already had COVID, so I do have still some natural antibodies that I think will now be helping me with the Garth Bowl. Yeah, you uh, won't be, be able to, to get those it
2: those tortellinis in your mouth
1: no I really if I had been smart I would have timed it so that I had uh, uh, lost my t- sense of smell and taste right before we ate the Garth Bowl that would have been the smart money but I didn't do it uh, you can follow us anywhere uh, Bill Buds Pod. you can write to us billbudspod at gmail.com and with that we tip our trilby is it a trilby or is it a is it, trilby that's, that's a kind of little sky hat yeah. that he's wearing the trilby or the fedora maybe I don't know I don't know the difference. We tip our little ska hats to you, (laughs) and we wish you a fond farewell. A farewell. A farewell. Tonight we're
0: hanging with the boys, yeah, we're going out. We got the bill butts. We got J.P.C. We got a lot of noise, turn the music loud. Johnny O'Mara. Hands Hands up up for them real ones, ones, them good girls, and them bill butts.